they bought the dip. They bought the dip on Friday, and that was a big dip. Everyone that missed out on that rally on Wednesday, they bought that dip, and they got us back. They even went green on the session. Is this another opportunity today down over 20 handles? We'll find out what's up, what's down, and uh, if it will be another buy the dip opportunity. China, if anybody can find resistance in these Chinese stocks, you let me know because I'm done trying to find resistance. Our plane tracker has located Tim Quast. The Quastinator is in Denver. He will be on the show, and he has two weeks of content to make up for. Let's get things started on this Monday morning, folks. I'm fired up. Maybe you guys know the reason. Go blue. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We're starting out in the red here. 20 and three quarters handles, 54.75. Good number on the upside. That closed 75 and a half pre-market high, 75.75. Uh, the buck, we talked about that lower 104 handle in the, on the monthlies, and that's exactly where it went earlier. Down, down a dime at 104.40. TLT backing off a little bit, down 51 cents, 106.58. Uh, OPEC keeping their jaws moving and keeping crude above 80. We're up 231 at 82.29. Gold trying to make 1800 support. We'll see how long that lasts. Up 60 cents at 18.10. 40. Silver finding a home in a 23 handle. Up 3 cents, 23.28. Bitcoin, it's a different kind of Bitcoin, but it's up. It's up 235 at 17,2230. And Ethereum futures, they are, you know, just the last day given Ethereum futures, they are being deleted right now. So that's it. No Ethereum futures. The last quote, down three bucks at 1287.50. Well, a fun part of the show or the pre-pre-market show is when uh, Triple D comes on. He can't remember what happened on Friday, but he looks at the futures. He looks at all the stocks that he files and he's, he tells us what's not adding up here. And, What's not adding up, Triple D, is... I don't see that much weakness here today. Some days you come in and you're down 20 handles. You're like, holy, there's a lot of mess out here. I come in today, I don't see any mess. I see Tesla's a mess. And then I'm just looking, you know, at basically the top 100 components. I see a lot of oil green. I see a lot of value names holding up very well. I see solar kind of holding up. I see the casinos all up because of an MGM upgrade. Consumer staples kind of holding up here. I see tech pretty much holding up fairly well too. Um, you know, Apple's barely in the red. And, you know, we're down 20 handles. And I was like, well, maybe it's Tesla because Tesla is mm -hmm. getting the beats. And obviously that's a big component in the S&P now. But really, I don't see a lot of weakness here. That makes me more inclined to buy this dip as well. All right, Money Mitch. How you Let's doing? Let's get there, to buddy? it. 
Let's start with, of course, uh, let's let's first start with like the oil talk. Um, uh, OPEC announcing its decision not to change oil production targets. A price cap on Russian oil, though, has taken an effect. We're going to have to wait and see how this really affects the oil prices. Looks like oil prices were getting a little bit of a bounce, and this is mainly coming from the China optimism, right? It seems like uh, more optimism coming from China about reopening and COVID lockdowns. Um, now, the real question will remain is what will Russia do now that the Russian oil cap is in effect? Will they continue to get that production out to those countries at that price or will they just pull the production altogether um, because they're not willing to sell at that uh, price cap for the Russian oil? All of that is way above my price grade. I, I can't, my pay grade. I can't tell you what is going through Putin's mind. I can't tell you what Putin's going to do next. I don't care what he does next. All I care is what the price action looks like here. And you're seeing, again, you know, this relentless buying in oil stocks. Yeah. It's It looks like every time they look like they're going to roll over, they're just more buyers and there's underneath demand. And I mean, we are in the tail of two markets we've talked about before. We are in a value bull market and a growth bear market. That is what we have been in for a long time here. We continue to be in that. I'm not sure what changes anytime soon. I will say a lot of these value stocks seem ridiculously overvalued to me now. So I will say, I believe there is a bubble in value stocks, a little bubble, because just where we're at, you know, you've got stocks I've talked about making new all-time highs, like Deer making new all-time highs, Goldman Sachs approaching all-time highs. I mean, I don't think any stock has any business being at an all-time high right now. I'm just of the opinion that, you know, the Fed, we got five five percent interest rates here that continue to go up, even despite, you know, maybe a potential Fed pivot. We are far from pivoting here. Um, we're you know, we're we're not at we're we're not at a point. It depends what I guess what you're calling a pivot. I call a pivot when they're actually turning and starting to go down in the rates. That's not the case. Yeah, I guess that's they're just not, calling a pivot, just the change that they're not going up as fast. So sure, maybe we're not gonna go up as fast, but we're still gonna stay elevated for a prolonged period of time, which is not good news for stocks. But it's hard to argue with the tape. Value continues to get bought and growth continues to get sold. Although this buy the dip mentality is there right now. You cannot fight it. We said it on Friday. I do remember saying that after the after the number that they probably come in and buy the dip because that's just what they're doing. And what do they do? It opened right at the low ASPY, right yeah. on the tick. It opened at the low. You don't often see that. Spy opened at the low tick and just climbed all day. You took zero heat if you bought the spy open. And you're up. So do you think they come in and buy the dip today? I do. I think they come in and buy the dip here again. I do think we may eventually have a date with 420. At 420, I'm selling everything. Okay. You just covered about six different What things. we try to do, get as much yeah, information yeah, in the as possible. Uh, first, I'll go to oil. And I couldn't, right, agree, let's do that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Dennis, on the fundamentals. Uh, what they're saying what they're doing, what they're going to do, what they're going no to say, no. we have it's absolutely out of our control. So I just try to interpret the price action. Um, and I will say, look at this Exxon mobile chart. I think that would be the, the best example of try to sign. I mean, it looked like you, you have now you have five days of nearly matching ranges. You mm -hmm. thought it was going to crack on Friday, right? Along with the market, it didn't. And then you thought it was going to bust out 
and it didn't. So I know that's a really tight range there. Playtherange.com until it you know it, it either breaks out above what is it uh, this 110, 111, a little bit higher than that, this 111 area, or breaks down. But I mean, it it wouldn't break down on Friday, and it's just a tight market. So consolidations are good. That's what you want to see because it will give you an indication of which way the market's going to go. So I'm uh, continue to look at the consolidation. I don't know if all your other stocks. Let's call it 112 to 109.50. I know it got to 920 yesterday, but look at that range. So we'll wait for a breakout on that. CVX is not a, a as clean a chart, uh, but you got you know you held the low yesterday. So these stocks are they're they're not rolling over. Uh, I don't know if I would buy them and anticipate them going back up to all-time highs, but there's certainly no selling pressure. Um, as far as Friday goes, man, people were waiting for the pre-market low to get tested. Like, moi, no can do, man. You had to be hitting the button right off the open to catch that rally. It was a strong day. They got it green. Uh, couldn't couldn't close green, but we got a good area. So that's that's the overall market talk, Fed pivot talk. You know, that's that's above my pay grade, too. Uh, just want to backtrack one second here because we talked about the drag on the market, and that's sure. Tesla. So yeah. could you could you give me the – can we do the Tesla news, and we'll do the Tesla technicals, and then decide Why what, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Definitely. It's an important news today is uh, the report that's coming from Bloomberg. Uh, Tesla is looking to reduce production at a Shanghai factory by 20%. Bloomberg reported on Monday, citing people familiar with the matter. The production cut, which will take effect as soon as this week, follows the EV maker's assessment of recent performance in the domestic markets, said sources, adding that there is enough flexibility to increase output if demand increases. There's just so much technical damage in Tesla. I mean, you think about, and, you know, I've been arguing that, you know, we could move to 420, you know, they're buying the dip. And part of me says, yeah, I'd want to buy the dip in Tesla too, but there's easier dips to buy than the Tesla dip. I mean, this is the, this has been the stock that has been leading us lower. It's the weakest one. A lot of days you come in. I mean, it made a new low six days ago. There's no stocks making new 52-week lows. Tesla is one of them. So, I mean, if you're a fan of relative strength, this is not the place to be. Yeah. You're a fan of Contrain, you think it's oversold, maybe. I'd say it's got to get above 200 before I get interested from a bullish standpoint here, Joel. I mean, this is where you bottom in October. You kissed it in November. You kissed it again two days ago, getting up to 198.92. I think for I, I think if you're trying to get bullish Tesla, you need to wait until it gets above 200. Mm -hmm. you, you, know, you know who's not bullish Tesla? Elon Musk. Why? He's, What's he saying now? I mean, he's selling stock. Like, nah, he's doing that for Twitter, yeah. though. But well, the Twitter thing is his primary focus exactly, right now. Like, this is the, exactly. This is a big problem for the stock, too. That, that, We've said that, that. That's his focus. And it's just, and why not? I mean, he built, a, you know, he has a, you know, how many billion dollar companies and Starlink or whatever. Maybe he just sees the utility in Tesla, you know, more operative risk reward ratio with his time. So uh, with that being said, it's still a love stock. What I'm going to do on this one, we are trading down uh, the pre-market action had us. Uh, wish I would have pulled them. The, the pre-market chart has us down um, 695. Uh, but I think I'm going to try, I like what I like to try and equate, like when I see a chart, I can give you the pre-market low, the pre-market low comes in at just under 185, but I'm going to go 
go to the Apple chart here for a second. And I, I think this is the same scenario. You know when Apple was getting whooped up last week? And you're like, well, can it find a home, you know, at 140, can it find a home above the low of the move? And it did. And it put in a nice double bottom, pulled back off the high. When I'm looking for Tesla, and I'll give you a number, it's 182 and a half. It's halfway back of this move here. There's no daily low there. So if this, if this was the big move, the big turnaround, I expect this to hold 182, 180 and a half, turn back up and go back over 200. If, in fact, you can't hold that area today or later in the week, you know, then you test the lows at 180 and everything. But it, it's a to me, it's a pretty simple setup. We'll look at resistance at the bottom of yesterday's range at 191.41. Okay, Lots of easier places to be. Lots yeah, of good. That's a great places. point, Dennis. I just yeah. think, why yeah. be a hero and try to call the bottom in Tesla? The thing still trades on a nosebleed multiple. Yes, the multiple is cheaper than it was so relative to itself. It's probably cheaper than it's been in a long time, but relative to itself, it was always insane. Or relative to everything else, it was always a crazy valuation. So, I mean, there's there's still the obvious trade here happening. They're buying low P's, selling high PE. Do I want to fight that overall tape? I don't know. It's hard to chase the low P stuff here now, though, just because it's run so far. So, what I really want is a pullback in low PE to put more of that stuff on. I'm not looking at pullbacks in high PE to put that stuff on because I think that stuff still has a path lower in the long run all right last comments i'll make on tesla is i'm looking for it to come back and test that 167.43 remember i've been calling that level for a while now that's the five to one split from the 2020 we bounced right off of that i think it comes back towards those levels i'm looking for tesla underneath those levels because i know that a lot of people would be caught underwater and then i can get tesla underneath the price that they probably got it with that stock split um, let's go towards uh, now China stocks as China stocks are up here and they don't seem to want to stop. Let's get into those. Let's we can go with Billy. Billy, remember last week? No, we give the fundamentals. Give the give the give the, uh, give Billy the comment. Holy. Yeah, I thought it would slow down and it hasn't even slowed down at all. Go. All right. Let's give some of these comments. So Michael Burry was out on the weekend and he's talking about uh, he, he tweeted this about his take on the index. Of course, um, he's talking about China markets here. He said, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. The Hank Tsai recently hit 1997 levels, 25 years. Yeah, GDP multiplied 18 times during that time. 97 valuations were 20 times earnings, 10 times EV to sales three times tangible book now on uh, now seven one one uh, note that three of the last uh, premier served three terms. And so he's pretty much calling the, the valuations that he says they're at a better valuation than they were back in 1997. What um, song, what song meet the, uh, and you guys don't answer, but who, who's that uh, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Mm, sing it to us, Joel. Sing it. Nah, I can't. I can't sing. I can't sing. What about no our idea. chat? Won't if, get fooled again. Yep, that's it. Yep, the who? The, the who? who the who? Won't. What am I? All-time favorite bands for sure, Dennis. I know you like your gangster. Dennis, do you have any of your gangster rap clothes around still? Oh yeah. Still <laughs> You come on. I was look. I was in high school in the early '90s, basically growing up outside the D, listening to Detroit outside television, listening to Detroit radio. 
I mean, this is what if you raised and you were Joel. I don't, but you, you know what? You're too I'm old. old. You were too old. old for it. You were the one that was like when they're showing up at the Joe. You're like these people that's saying, you know, all this this NWA's guys, these punks. You were probably like that, and I was like, "It's awesome." <laughs> I wasn't going there. I, I loved was, NWA. I was seeing the whole. The who and uh, NWA? Who? These are could be two more Stones. opposite bands. <laughs> Rolling Stones tried to see Zeppelin. I told that story the other day. ZZ Top. I mean, but while Joel was listening to the the Who, Dennis was listening to Nas and Tupac. So let's oh, get Tupac into rocks. Billy here. East Billy, Coast, Billy, West guys, Coast. Billy, Billy, wait, wait, wait. what's one going on thing. in China? One more thing. One more thing. One of the best shows I've ever seen was uh, at the Fox Theater. Dennis, you ever been to the Fox? Yeah, yeah. In Detroit? Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. Peter Townsend, the lead singer of The Who, playing with the DSO, the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, and John Antwistle. The bass guitarist was there, and not Peter Townsend, but Peter Townsend's kid. Uh, man, that had to be like 20, 20 years ago. One of the best music. It was incredible. And he, uh, uh, Daltrey walked up and down the aisles singing. That was that was a long time ago. Okay, what stock do we want to talk about? I don't even remember what we were talking about. We were going to make a point. Chinese stock. Oh, China. We were talking This is what China. happens is that Dennis likes this kind of music. I'm sorry, my soundboard is for live trading. It's not for pre-market you prep. Can't we go a little Snoop. bit loose out there. You can't beat it's, Snoop. <laughs> are we are we gonna get fined for this? Don't worry, They take them out my check, Joel. Don't worry, they take them out my check. Let's go to Baba and Billy Billy. JD, what's going on Willy in China, Billy. guys? Willy Billy, Willy Billy, holy! I don't know. Watch it now. Watch it now. It's up four dollars. It won't stop here. Yeah, it just keeps <laughs> gapping up. More like it. Look at these gaps on the daily chart. Look at these gaps. Well, I know it's crazy. Boom! Boom! The stock's doubled. It's doubled, Joel, in four days, five days. It doubled since earnings. It's doubled. What no one told me. I thought the me, big move off the bat would get faded. There's no fade happening here. No one told me that the 24th was going to be the low for all China stocks. Good point, Mitch. Yeah. That's really what it was in my oh, eyes. Yeah, that China 24th date has been the bottom in the China markets. It, it, they haven't even taken a single hit towards that level. Look at it on Baba here. Uh, oh, that's geez. this Harmy candle down here. Look at that. Since then, what have we been doing? It's been a rip and rally bull market since well, then. Well, what one thing, and to the point that you made when you were bringing up the China stocks, they got low P's. Mm. Most of them have a hell of a lot lower P than they did before, if you believe the numbers. <laughs> the problem is, yeah. it's the gap accounting versus the Chinese accounting. It's like, yeah, I don't know if I believe that much coming out over there. But regardless, it's the low P trade showing up here too. The low P E oh. trade has been on for the last month. It has been on October from the October bottom. It's been all the Dow components, been all the low PE stuff that just doesn't stop. China stocks, if you take their numbers for what they are and actually just apply them, a lot of these have low PEs too. The low PE trade continues to be on. That's what you're seeing. What's uh, what's the lucky kitchen symbol? I know it, it's so many. Is it L? It's still trading with like lucky, 10 symbols in it. Uh... 10, 10 letters. 
Lucky Coffee, was it? LCKN, like LCKNY. Why? What is it, man? Help me out. Uh, I don't think it ex I don't. I can't get it anymore. Anyways, that was Chad, help me out. No that more Lucky Coffee, man. The coffee's done, man. What? I call it, it wasn't lucky. lucky. I call it Lucky Kitchen Unlucky because of that, that that Chinese restaurant in um, Ann Arbor that used to be around. L-U-K-I-N? Uh, uh, L-U-K-I-N? Oh, no. I, I can't even. It's delisted. I can't even find it yeah, at all. L-K-N-C-Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's $21. It's probably did some splits or something funky. L-K-N-C-Y. Oh, yeah. It's a L-K-N-C-Y. Look, it's $21. There it is. Look at it. Look yeah. at it. It exists Getting still. Getting the longer church, Joel. Has it really come back that far? It, oh, I mean, yeah. Look at that. Well, the all-time high is was just right? over 50. Or did they look do some that. splits and funky stuff? No, this, no. Is, when they, this no. is when they came off. Well, maybe it's not a scam. This is when they came off, and then it's back to 2190. It almost filled oh, the that's gap. That's crazy. That's, a, <laughs> that's the most hidden bull market I've ever seen. Look at I this know, gap, gap fill, man. Gone, like forever. Look at this gap fill. It's, we could have been it's, trading it's, that. It filled. We could have been trading that thing. It filled that gap since it went out. Look wow. at that. Wow. Man, I should have just got some lucky coffee. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> I guess I just wanted to go through these. I, I, I looked at this Let's pin go duo, to duo these last charts. week. Pin duo duo. I mean, duo, I would duo. just Let's go. I'm just gonna give you the pre-market high, and then you can use that as a target and you can figure out what to do. That's uh 91.58. Uh Baba. Uh the thing with these is that you know I'm so hesitant to give resistance because um you know, if you start doing 50% retracements in these things, like where does that take you to in Baba? Or even a 33% They're so beat up, Joel. The China stocks could go anywhere. There's an argument that these things, there's $300, 90 bucks. I mean, it could go to 150 and still be in a downtrend. Uh, it could yeah. go up 50% from here and still be in an overall downtrend. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, 50% yep, retracement I, pulls it back to 65.39. Are you talking area. different stock? You're talking PDD. We talk Baba. So bring up Baba. I'm talking no, about. I'm talking. He was talking uh, Pinduoduo, Duo, right? Pinduoduo, Duo, but I'm talking, I'm talking about the retracement from the top. From the overall to move. The oh, from the all the way from like, the look top at, to Baba, the bottom. Baba, $319 right. down to 58 is which is basically was about. an all-time low, like kissing near an all-time low, which is incredible to Dang, think about. 50% on Baba's 190 100 it could go up 100 points and it's still just hitting the 50 percent retracement in the overall move hard to be short i mean there, there's a lot Can't of like short. there's a lot of risk being short this stock yeah, I'll that's tell you 190 that. that's a huge run <laughs> holy i don't even know what to say yeah it's just hard to also to get these though because like that's why i mentioned the gaps because i hate stocks that just gap like insanely like all almost every say every single day they're gapping and a lot of this is because they're trading on you know international markets but how, how do you attack a pullback like this mm. or, or how do you attack a stock like this i would i'll throw it to you guys you don't, don't short it you don't short it i don't think you short it either i don't yeah think i don't and i don't know where you buy it i think you have to yeah, really that's the harder part yeah <laughs> You have to you have to be good on uh you know your I, this is when I'm you know I'm not always an advocate of like shorter term charts but I mean if you're trying to trade this intraday I mean at this point and not this would not be any like big call here but you got to think it has a date with triple digits right for Baba right that's only six bucks away it could be there tomorrow night I would say uh my next target on the upside would well psychological a hundred's big right. 
Uh, but the next the next daily high would be our next monthly high would be 104.85. That's like that's 10 bucks away. It moved moved 10 bucks last week. So maybe wait for a retracement on this if it finally gets a peak and pulls back. The gaps are just not as relevant because you know, the, we're not the primary market, right? So this is traded. So uh, once again, I'll give you the pre-market high. That's just over $95. That comes in at uh, $95.20 if you want to use that as a short-term target. If they weren't China stocks, I'd say I'd be a buyer of pullbacks, just looking at these things technically. <laughs> but because the, the wall pull, you don't know what's going to happen next. The, yeah. You know, you talk about tape bombs. There's a tape bomb that happens from China three times a week. So, I mean, and good or bad. So, I mean, there's just so much risk. Um, I usually stay hedged overnight when I'm trading these things. I'll be long Baba, short Baidu, long KWAEB, short MCHI. Or, you know, I try to stay hedged just because the overnight risk is just incredible. But, I mean, right now, the low PE trade is winning. People are looking and saying, hey, these China stocks are just murdered. Eventually, they're coming back. And the emerging markets trade has been just murdered. Eventually, it's coming back. That's what they're saying. I don't know if that's right or not, but can't argue with the fundamentals of what they're putting out and the low PEs. So I don't know if you can argue with the specific fundamentals being true, but if they are true, the PEs are low and low PE trade is on. Des, could you walk us through something real quick here? Because I don't think you know we get different listeners coming in at sure, different well, times and everything. Like, How would you... You know, like if you were going to do a trade in Baba or something, you know, not, you know, buy, seller, if you saw something, what, you know, what you would do. I mean, right now, if you, you know, if you bought the Baba, right, you're up uh, 4.4, you know, 4.45%. So with that, you would use the K-Web, right? Um, is you that can hedge it with the K-Web if you wanted to. Those move really close. Yeah. That's a little arbitrage stuff, though. It's like when you, you get these price dislocations, maybe off the open, Bob opens a little bit too low, then you hedge it with the K-Web. You see price dislocations in, in the after hours and pre-market often, but also at the open and the close. So that's why I focus on those. And price dislocation just means one stock get beat up because it's a big seller in the market. So boom, maybe it's probably gaps down a little bit. K-Web, then I would short with it, and then I'm hedged, and I'm trying to pick up the difference. That's all. That's types of arbitrage strategies, okay. though. Okay. But if you're making a call, I mean, I go in with the trend. You're buying pullbacks on the stocks because, you know, they're turning it, they're, they're turning it around. I mean, the value trade is on, and no matter what, you know, it's perceived as value right now. There's stocks that are, are grabbing bids. And it's not coincidental that China stock's been grabbing a bid since October, too. It's not coincidental, Mitch, that China stock's bottomed on October the 24th. Like, look, you know, to all your value names. When did Deer, you know, bottom? It was a little bit before that. But Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs bottomed pretty much that same time. And mid-October. We've been bottoming in value since mid-October. And they've been buying value stocks ever since. And, you know, shame on us for not mentioning China's value. But... P's are there to support that value argument. Now, again, I don't know if I believe it. You know, I don't know if I believe all the numbers coming out over there, but if you take them as face value, the P's are low and that's the trade that's on. Mitch, I want to hop in here just with one stock because yeah. we're uh, there wasn't on our regularly scheduled programming, but uh, John brings it up, and I know Dennis um, recently invested in it, and I know Mr. Buffett is in it, and the stock has a low PE. Uh, Paramount, Paramount Global here. 
Uh, yeah, come on. Got you. Just last yeah. second. Uh, let me give these last comments for JD and PDD. We did give at this day that when PDD was up in the pre-market and China was actually down uh, certain stocks like JD and Baba, that was this pullback on JD. We were talking about it. That was uh, the 28th of November. You guys can pull back. We were looking for JD to maybe hold as support there. That was probably about the only opportunity that I saw to join this China yeah, rally. Yeah, that was it. That was yeah. it. That was the only one. But let's go to that para there, Paramount, that we were talking about. Would it get to 20? Now it's at 2030. And in the pre-market, looks like it got some action there. Let's talk a little bit about it. Of course, para, why I thought this could get the lift is because uh, it started getting, of course, support with the World Cup, right? A one way to watch all the games was with para. And so I think that that gave it just enough with also included a Black Friday deal that they put out there. I think people jumped on it and maybe that's giving at least some attention to Para. But what do you think about these stocks? Uh, I'm long PARA. I said Dennis, on the you, show what I, yeah. I said uh, it on the show about a week and a half ago. I said I kind of like it. It's got a low PE. Low PE trade is on. It had pulled back. So you saw the big pullback from 20 down to like 17, 26. I'd have mm -hmm. to bring it up. I don't know where I bought. I think I bought it in the 18 handle. I feel like it was like 18, like when the little, um, I didn't get the very low when it went down to 1726. I feel like I bought it like two days later, like 1820, 1830, because it kind of looked like, you know, you had the pullback and value names on, I've been buying dips on value. And PARA, as much as, you know, I don't think it's a great company, it is perceived as an, it is probably a lower PE stock. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I went long. Dividend is there too, 4.73% here now. I'm still long PARA. I think uh, I think my target overall is like 420 spy to dump all this stuff, but because I kind of feel like there's a path here, and and you know we could have a rug pull anytime, and obviously on this show we are entitled to change our opinions. As traders, you're always entitled to change your opinions, but I feel like if we don't get any massive tape bombs here, if the CPI and the, again the CPI is going to be scary. So when's the CPI? Give us that date again because it's so important, Mitch. It's the like 13th. 13th. And Probably the, the 12th, I'm going to reevaluate some of these trades and decide if I want to hold them through the CPI. But I feel like I'm kind of, you know, I, I feel like we're in a little lull here where I don't see an imminent tape bomb happening, at least until that CPI data. And I feel like the, the path of these resistance for the value stocks is still a little bit higher. So I stay long PARA. Uh, just for me on the dailies, uh, just this 2050 is just huge. I mean, you bumped up against it twice last week. You bumped up against it uh, earlier in November. You, that's where you broke down from in uh, late September. Uh, so it's one of those scenarios where, well, yeah, you got to get above it. But you got to get above it, and then you got to make that area act as support, right? And it's far from doing that. But uh, I like it technically on the upside. Uh, so I, I tried to be a soccer fan this weekend. I mean, I was around <laughs> on Saturday morning. I was wondering and, why the U.S. lost. And you know, I struggle <laughs> watching soccer, Joel. Do you like? I struggle to watch it. People are like you got to watch this World Cup. It's so it's good. Gonna play, like, man. That's what it every is. Every game is one nothing or no, two no, to not one, when the U.S. goes. Field. It lost three to one. There's the yeah. most goals given up since 1976. Three goals is the most goals given up <laughs> since 19. I struggle I, to watch it. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just. I a, mean, how I do you watch hockey games that are one zero? There's no well, hockey games many. one zero. Not that many. They're five I mean, four three two league, but you know, I don't know. It's 
There was I, I've one. I've always struggled to watch soccer. There was one me. play I, that I, don't I think could. I probably again because I was in, I was organized soccer for five years and I never scored a goal. I, I already said that. I probably got a bad yeah. taste for it. Yeah. You know that I was put on defense because I. Sucked. You got put on the bench <laughs> a little bit too much. I know. I know. Those I probably got the bad taste for it there. So there was I'll tell one you what. play on one of the goals where I'm like, uh, for the Netherlands, I'm like, oh, that guy's so wide open. Someone go cover that guy, and the guy goes just goes. Boop, bloop. And I like, saw that same one, Joel. Right I was over yelling. everybody, and I'm I was like, yelling, "Somebody go get him! Somebody <laughs> go get him!" Nobody went to go get him. <laughs> hey, but I will tell you guys: if you play soccer, it's ten times more fun. It's just like baseball, right? A lot of people say baseball is boring, but I'll tell you what: you step up to the plate and try to hit ninety-six. I Let me know how know. it goes. I could never score a hockey goal or hit a ninety-six mile an hour fastball. I could. You know, no, I'll count like myself in there. <laughs> Uh, let's right. go towards it. Let's get towards the next stop. Again. Uh, let's go to MG. I, I want to go to United Airlines. Let's go to Morgan Stanley's upgrade of United Airlines. We've been watching kind of the airlines overall to see what would happen with these stocks. I've been talking about that. I think these can get the holiday run, kind of a Santa Claus run. So these are the stocks that I'm watching also for that run. This was the note that was given by Morgan Stanley. After three years of uncertainty, when the market was either too hot or too uh, too cold or too hot, 2023 could be the year where conditions are just right, potentially delivering earnings well above the market's expectation. That's what the bank said in Monday's note. Uh, United Airlines, what do you guys think about? I mean, these stocks have been strong. Value, and I think Joel. people want to get out. Yeah. What's the yeah. PE on UAL? Yeah. Lower um, PE. I know they were burning cash through COVID, but they're not burning cash now. What's yeah. the PE on this puppy? Uh, 7.6. There you go. This Boom. is not rocket science market. It's Jeez. the same stocks. It's the same story again and again. It's like Groundhog Day. Lower like PE these. stuff is getting bought. Higher PE stuff is not. And higher PE stuff rallies for a day or two, and then it meets more sellers. Low PE stuff sells off for a day or two, and it meets more buyers. This is just the market that we are in. We cannot ignore what is happening. Do I think some of these moves are overdone? Yeah. Do I think the value trade is overdone a bit? Yeah. But we still can't argue from a day trading perspective. This is the stuff they continue to buy. It makes sense. Higher interest rate environment. If we're going to be there for a while, they want to own lower PE stuff. That's what they continue to do. Money now is worth a lot more than money later when you're in a higher inflationary environment as well. So... I don't know if it makes, if we're going to recession, a lot of these stocks are going to get hit. I still think we're going to go into a recession. But right now, at least until the end of the year or the next CPI number, you can't argue with the trade that is on. And the value trade continues to outperform. Uh, I'm going to go to DAL because that's my favorite. The big Detroit hub used to be Northwest Airlines. And uh, they got a few of our shekels uh, uh, over the weekend. But, uh, I mean, you're busted through the pair of highs from Thursday Why and not? Friday. You got some size maybe at the whole number, like 36. Uh, so it's like it's typical pattern. I mean, it you know goes up, has an area, struggles for a little bit, and breaks out through it, and then comes back down. But keep a, keep a close eye on 36 here. And what's a, different about this is this is really shaping up on the monthlies too. Um, you guys can't see my lower right chart because um, it, it's a long story. See it. But no, no, that's Mitch's chart. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Uh, that's okay. I mean, uh, you had a high at uh, August, 3579. November, 
36 even. So far this much, 35.74, but that looks like it's going to be improved on today. So uh, Delta, that's, uh, you know, I like that. Like that stock the best, like that airline's the best. Yeah, I, I like these airlines going forward. I think uh, we definitely need to keep an eye on these. It's another thing. Good is service, that, too. Last time I flew, I mean, bang. They're like, they get you on, they get you off. You well, know? I, I, that's, I would say you've had good service, Joel. A lot of people have struggled with airlines lately. They A really? lot of cancellations, a lot of things. They've gotten to the point that they don't even want to have customer service. Some airlines don't even have like a, a, a voice you can get to. You literally have to go through emails and things oh, like I don't this. Mind it's, I, I, I'm not going to say that the airlines are good in customer service. Okay. That, I that, that. that might be a little, that might be a reach. Before we go to Tim, I want to give everyone a travel tip. What's, okay. what's the travel tip? And Lisa's not like a huge fan of it, but um, you take the first flight out in the morning. No yeah, matter I like what the first time it is. Early, 5 30. Six o'clock. Yeah. You know, you get up at 3 34 in the morning, you get to that airport early. Nope. You're the first flight out. And I agree with you. Those. know, you're out, you know, and then whatever happens, because they start to stack them and they start to mm-hmm. cancel. And then, then they start to jiggle, you know, move people around. But if you take that first flight out in the morning, and like Lisa's looking at me tip. in the car. Yeah. I think that is. is a good tip. Get One of the best tips we've given on this show in a lot of years. <laughs> Hell right yeah. There. Let's go. Market Structure Monday time. Tim, Tim, talk to us here. We're, you know all about traveling. You know all about <laughs> yeah, it. You, here we you, go. Take the first t- you take the first flight out in the morning, Tim. Is this how you roll too? <laughs> it's Market Structure Monday slash travel tips. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, we do it uh, all on this show. By Joel Elkanen. <laughs> uh, well, it, you know, the one great thing about taking the first flight out is you know you'll have a plane. And that, and sometimes that's half the battle. So you're absolutely yeah, right. Really. I completely agree with you. Uh, if you don't have a plane, you can't go anywhere. <clears throat> and Not yes, easily. I, you know, the, in the last, uh, let's see the last few days and I've got a flight tomorrow <clears throat> on the United to Philadelphia. And I flew Southwest from Charleston to Nashville to Phoenix and back. <clears throat> and I would say Joel that, uh, um, and of course, I flew a billion miles this year. It was just unbelievable. You know, oh. we were everywhere, and uh, it was. You're just I mean, fly. You're fly. It and it, it is. It is long stretches of misery interrupted by pockets of delight. Is how I would describe <clears throat> travel. But Southwest, you know, they do a great job. They really do. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's a good airline. Anyway, now right, you see you guys. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I missed you last sorry, week. It was sorry. We, Remember in Southwest, they used to have the seats in the back where you face the other person? Yes, I have sat in those seats. Yeah. And you used it's to, intimidating. And, and I lived in Chicago for a while. $9.99. I used to fly right. back and forth for $9.99. Remember, that was a lot of time ago. You know, we're old guys. Was also but remember the the, how awesome century. it was? You could just, you know, there was a, I was in Sacramento, California. You could basically show up every hour and catch a Southwest flight somewhere. I, you know, and it's, it, and you, and you, all you do is like, well, I missed that one. I'll catch the next one. And it was, and it was dirt cheap. You, you know what you, I think happened though, Tim? The algos took control. That's oh, what do. happened. That's that, what happened. That, Fast that is trading. exactly right. 
That's exactly right. And you get high frequency traded on airline tickets and hotel rooms. Yeah, if you yeah. look at a hotel room, suddenly there's only one left and the price changes. It is the very same principle, the very same logic. Yep. Amazon uses it. You well, I, I need you to talk some logic to me because, of course, <laughs> the markets are tough and they've been tough this whole year. But yet it looks like the Dow Jones is, is shaking everything off. Looks like we're only 6.5% off all-time highs. How can this be, Tim? And only down 2.5%, not quite over the, the trailing year. So, so, and, then, and if you look at the – and it's not just us, by the way. So you, would, you, know, you could look at the UK, uh, which is in full-on economic contraction, uh, and the FTSE 100 is up uh, 8% the last month. The DAX, the German market, is up about 7%, close to that. Uh, and, and of course, the Dow has been the outperformer. Everything has done well since about, let's just call it, uh, the, the end of October, maybe even a little sooner than that. But uh, uh, the, the markets have done great. And why the Dow? Uh, and, and I caught, caught just a little value. bit of that, Dennis. It was you. You were talking about the value trade. And I would add this piece of market structure to that, to that idea. Uh, size. Size has outperformed. And, and why is that? In fact, size has outperformed for 20 years. If you look at the NASDAQ, which is our growth market, uh, it's up from, call it 2000. Over the last 22 years, 2000 to 2022, it's up a little over 6% per annum currently. Uh, and, you know, give or take on a given day, if the market goes up 4% or down 3% <clears throat> before taxes commissions inflation but the but the dow is up about 10 percent. so it's substantially outperformed the growth market and why have these 30 components done better than everything else and particularly over this last uh, period and i will say again i think a lot of that is size that one of the core things to understand about market structure and this age of of uh, thematic investing the the pervasiveness of blackrock vanguard and state street index funds is that they need size and liquidity. And when money comes back into the market, it will disproportionately seek those things out. And you know, there's a great illustration in, uh, in Meta, which is not in the Dow, but it's an S&P 500 component. And it's the third best performer over the last month in the S&P 500, up 30, close to 37%. And just back up a month, and, and Meta was everybody's doghouse. Yeah. So how is it that it's up 37%? What changed? Well, I would argue that money sought out size, and it concentrates into size because that's what big money needs. And it's a size great market structure. And size, size and value. Size and value. Size and value. And everybody's been talking yeah. about the low P and Meta all mm -hmm. the way down. All of a sudden, a month ago, right. low P's got cool. They yeah. were cool, and they're still cool. And Meta continues to take off because, hey, people are like, I don't mind being in something that's trading 11 or 12 times forward earnings here. It's got a pile of cash. Because you know what? Cash is worth a lot more today than it was at this time last year. Cash <laughs> is worth a hell of a lot more. It, it always pays. <clears throat> cash always pays. And, the, the and it really pays well when you get 5% on it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And, of course, the big thing here for, for you traders is – well, how would you know? Is there a way to know that those things are going to happen? And uh, and we talked, you know, you talked about airlines. We can have a look at that too. But I would say 
Yes, I've always come back to supply and demand. Supply and demand will generally tell you where money is going. And uh, I, let me show you. Let, let's just take a look at these. Uh, While you're pulling that up, I just want to make a meta comment. Okay. A pretty good commercial uh, for the Oculus goggles. Have you really? seen that one? Have you seen that? that I, I've, seen, image? I've seen them. I've never had them on. <laughs> it has this guy, and he's like dreaming that he's a Dallas Cowboy player, and he's oh, like a good. superstar, and he's rolling back and I've throwing touchdowns. You, People I'm telling you, I'm not going to be going out and get me any. But I'll tell you it, what, I want Joel on my quarterback on Michigan. You see Joel go back, throw a touchdown. Hey, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tim, go ahead. Back to your content. Uh, well, that's a good segue right into meta here. So if you were, if you look at this through, the, it's the way I think about things, and it doesn't mean it's the only way. Uh, but it is a helpful way. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's supply and demand. So this is meta over the trailing 30 trading days. And this, this encompasses virtually all of the returns that meta has generated. And you can see what happened. So the green part of the graph is, a, is an algorithm, 10-point scale. It's demand. It's taking the reasons that people invest and trade and, and measuring mathematically is there more buying or selling. And as it goes up and it reaches 10, there's Clearly more above five, there's more demand uh, than available supply, no matter what is happening with supply. Then below, this is supply, short volume, not short interest, short volume. And so if you look at supply and demand right here at the beginning of November, demand hit one and supply dropped sharply. I mean, supply is all the way down here at 35 percent. The broad market right now, by the way, is almost 49 percent, S&P 500. So. As soon as demand lifted, boom, the price took off. When supply reached here just a few days later, it was 57%, then price stopped rising. This is price. That's what you can use. You're always going to know where the supply-demand imbalances are. And they're true in anything that performs well outside of certain circumstances, options, expirations, earnings. Things can happen there due to derivatives that are less predictable. But as a general rule, a central tendency, you can see that coming. And you can look at the airlines. Let's go look at airlines and see where's what's supply and demand doing in airlines. Well, it's not. It was awesome for you know previous periods. I wouldn't say it's awesome now, but the the airlines are are behaving more like value stocks. Interestingly, how would we know that they're performing like value stocks? Because they are bottoming at five. Stocks that spend a lot of time at value are five are value stocks. Sorry about that. And so you can look across here and say, well, Delta Airlines, JetBlue, American Airlines, Alaska Airlines, Boeing, it's, it's, supply is pretty high. United Airlines, supply is pretty high. But this whole group is around five. Well, I mean, that's pretty good. If you own things that spend a lot of time at five and have supply below below 45%, those stocks tend to be very stable and to deliver consistent longer-term returns. And that's what you can know. When they're bouncing around from one to 10, those are momentum trades. And you want to capture them and leave, be tactical. When they're like this at five, you can be more strategic. And I think that that's where they are right now. Pretty good thing. All right. Now, uh, there was one stock that has been known as the best performer as of late. Look mm -hmm. like Etsy. What's going on in Etsy? 
Yeah, and is that is that logical? I suppose you could say, well, it's headed, we're heading into the holiday season. Yeah, Etsy maybe they're buying it. some some, some right. goods, right? My uh, yeah, my sister-in-law is an is an it, it uses Etsy, big Etsy supplier of, of Christmas ornaments, decorations, that kind of thing. She swears by Etsy's platform, great platform. Uh, but you could say, well, can I understand why Etsy is up <clears throat> whatever it is sixty percent the last month? Well, number one, again, just look at the amount of time it's spending over five. That alone tells us it's a great, you know, that there's excess demand. Follow excess demand, follow the money. Uh, there are little nuances in here that helped Etsy outperform the other two, Solar Edge, number two, Meta, uh, number three. One was a big long bet. See this right here? That's a big long bet that preceded this big run around earnings, I believe it was for Etsy. By the way, if you just clip this piece right here, you could insert it right in there. And that is when that hedge funds shifted from long to short. Did they cover it? Probably, right in this swale. Then there's short volume, price stopped rising. Now that's come down, demand continues to go up. I would say you could continue to get returns in Etsy. So, so long as there is a divergence between supply and demand and demand stays above five. But there's the reason that Etsy has led the pack. There are long bets coupled with excess demand, very easy to see. You can see it. When those conditions break down, when demand drops back below five, you're out. Move on to the, the next thing. It's a great way to see the market. <clears throat> also, another comment on Etsy. Yeah, I think they had. Uh, I think they. I saw a good commercial for them too. Right, um, I think I saw that too, Joe. Yeah, yeah, it was a very yeah. good. Com and the only reason I watch so much TV is because I was watching college football, baby. Did you Michigan, Michigan? Michigan is in the college football playoffs, baby. We'll go they, back to that later. All right, Tim. They've peaked at the right time. That's oh, for there sure. you go, man. Yeah. Well, we'll see TCU, and then anybody. I don't know. We'll bring. Uh, We'll bring the Cowboys in to beat Georgia. But um, anyways, uh, what else to trade? We saw some stuff already move. What, what, what's on your radar for the remainder of the week? Uh, let's see. Second Friday coming up, right? So we don't have opposite expiration until next week. So what exactly. do you got for us? Context is pretty good. You know, I think about what's broad sentiment because, again, big money determines the pace and cadence of the market. When money floods into the market, where's it going? Well, it's gone into value and size. Uh, so, but I want to know what broad sentiment is. And then I think about context, and then I think about divergence. So here's broad sentiment. I'm not, I'm not delighted with this, but look at how long demand has been above about five. The whole time since the early October, really, little dip right around October options expirations. Ever since then, demand has been very close to the red line above it or just very near it. That's excess demand. At some point, there will be a consequence from that. Supply is beginning to rise. But generally, I look at this and say, I still have good tactical opportunities. I can put money in fives, money spending a lot or stocks spending a lot of time at fives. But I will look at that context. As you said, Joel, no options expirations, new month, new money tends to be that money deployed into 401ks and so on it has to be invested. There's a, the, you know, the funds managing that money have a fiduciary responsibility to put it to work. And so it hits the market. And then I will look for divergences. So if I go look at the Benzinga December 5th portfolio, where you can see strong demand and falling supply, there are only four in it, but those are the things I will look for. I'm going to, and the math will do it. I, you know, just use the math. Believe it or not, 
NVIDIA is pretty good. It's got a pretty good supply-demand divergence. I would look at Peabody Coal. You may hate coal, but Peabody looks like a pretty decent trade that hey, delivers. Hey, that's one of my right. favorites, Tim. Um, there you go. It's. I mean, I like it too, right? I'll, uh, I'll give you another one in there. promoters. I'll give you another one in there. Don't be jealous, Dennis. I'm not going to make any comments. Dirty energy. Uh, Tim, one more before we coal. let you go. You um, and this stock, boy, oh boy. And uh, NASDAQ, man, NDAQ, Dennis, another stock at all-time highs, near all-time highs. You got a triple top here at 69 coming up. You got that. the all-time high coming up here, Tim. Where are we? I, I'd say we're on the, on the Tim. We, we got to be like an eight or a nine on this one, aren't we? Pretty good. Seven. Uh, it's top oh. demand is that's very good. You're getting good at making these calls, but you could just take a long step back and say demand has been very. It's been at five or better the almost the entire period. You'd go all the way back to October options expirations. That's where everybody shifted long. There was one week period here where there were some short bets, but look at this: demand very strong, supply trending down. What will that produce? A rising stock. It's very consistently true. So I agree, Joel. This continue until these conditions change, till demand weakens and supply rises back over close to 50%, NASDAQ, the, you know, NDAQ could continue to be a good stock to trade, like CME, also been a very good stock to trade. Tim Quast joining us here on Mondays. Well, I've got most a little Mondays. I, I, most so, Mondays. So so I'm not sure this made its way around to you, Mitch, but we finally have a code for Benzinga. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So Benzinga, you put in Benzinga to, to subscribe, that will get you 40 bucks off the, the face value per month for 12 months. Ooh. I mean, so, so it's a, that's a whale. It's the very best deal we offer. And that, so that's, that's for Benzinga users. Again, you can use it or not use it, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great way to think about the market. That's, that's, uh, that is it. Oh, check out Market Structure Edge if you guys want to check out the data that you guys see used here on a a weekly basis for Market Structure Mondays. Appreciate you like always, Tim Quas. We'll Very see you next see you time. Guys. Okay, Enjoy. have a great week. Take care. Hey, Triple D, are you leaning on your key, uh, your cell button there, buddy? Yeah, I'm sorry about that, guys. Yeah. You know, the elbow gets stuck. They're know? starting to play catch-up here. I came in, we started the show, I'm like, yeah, you said down. You, you talk too loud, Dennis, <laughs> sometimes, man. A lot of stocks have now given up a lot of <laughs> stocks that were green are going red. Oil's bucking the trend. Oil doesn't care. That's maybe, maybe the driver for these stocks that continue. Now you're starting to see this inverse correlation maybe going to start here where the oil starts stocks going up and Everything else starts going down because oil's having a fantastic day. China's having a good day, but there's a lot of stocks now rolling over here. Tesla was leading the charge down. They're still leading the charge down, but now we've got some other players falling suit. Google's down 1% now. Netflix down 1% now. They've got other stocks falling off here now. So it's gotten a little bit uglier here in the last uh, 20 minutes or so. Um, definitely sellers coming in here. You know, it's different. It's different too. Because uh, I'm just looking at it from like a market feel and a market structure standpoint. Friday, they just slammed it down, right? And just mm -hmm. like whoosh, you know, and they're like, whoo, wow. That's and actually, and I think I mentioned it like you went the entire da average daily range in the pre market, right? So, mm -hmm. in order to kill it for 110, 120 handles, they had to go out and take out the pre market low. Now we've only mo moved 30 handles, right? And we're expecting a 70 handle range. So it's more of a just like, 
okay, I, I didn't buy the dip on Friday, but I'm selling this rip on Monday, and it's more of a, a concentrated move down. So nothing, though. The, the uh, interday low is still another 20 handles lower, and our Globex low from Friday is still another 40 handles lower. So I can't, I can't in good faith tell you, okay, we're opening into a great number here. It's great support. You're just going to need uh, the buy the dippers to come in here. Well, 50% I think they do emerge again. I would go and look. I mean, we've sold off enough here. We start thinking about Friday's low. So 402.14 on the sky. Yeah. The daily I think low. we start thinking about that number of potential double bottom there. So if I was coming in looking to buy, I think I'm looking about 100 and, you know, about 17 handles lower than this. If you're going off mm-hmm. the S&P or, you know, mm-hmm. down a buck here on spy, I think you start finding buyers in that 402 handle. So sometimes you get these sneaky, almost the tick double bottoms there. 40214 is going to be a huge number on SPY. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about last uh, when we got that downturn on that Friday number, of course, and it was getting hit that it was really close to that 50% retracement from the recent num- uh, the recent rally from the kind of this bottom towards the top up there towards the 410. 50% has it right underneath that. So uh, that's like at the 40209 area. So I could look for maybe a touch again off of 402. If it can hold 402. I'm still in the bullish tune here for the spy. I think we could get some pullback towards the open and then eventually rally. That's the way that it's been as of late, every time that we kind of get these down moves. So we'll see what happens. Like always, it seems like it's been tough markets, especially overnight. I mean, just think about this overnight, you know, boom, then you're back down here. Then we close back up towards 407. Now you're back down there. It's really hard to trade those overnight action, especially if you're kind of a swing trader and you're thinking that these moves are going to continue and that, Maybe uh, Friday's rip is going to continue ripping towards 410. Well, now you're back towards 40390s. Hard to deal with that action. Real quick here, someone uh, asking about FDX here. And yeah, I mean, there's always a potential for a gap fill here. I, yeah. As far as the seasonality goes, I mean, I think people are going to the store. I, I, you know, as much as, I mean, and we still get a FedEx or UPS just about every day, but um, not sure what their volumes are, but uh, right now you just, if you're looking for that gap fill, just quiet ranges, 183.55 uh, was your high from last week and the high close for the week, 182.22. So it's, it's a slow, steady rally. Uh, I don't know how much seasonality is going to be. This is total value trade right. too. I mean, yep. FDX, what's the P on this thing? 13? Yeah, 14? it shouldn't be too high up. Again, it's the same story. It's so consistent that the stocks have performed the best. And yes, there's some outliers like Etsy. You know, they Ooh, can throw Unity or tip. Etsy at me. But you also have a seasonality play happening there too in Etsy. Um, but, here's a you tip. Know, overall, what's a FedEx? Do you have the P? Yeah, I got you. It's uh, it's 13 overall and forward is at 12. But I think this is interesting. Dividend X date in four days. Ooh. Well, there you go, too. Nah. I mean, this is just where we're at. We're at this type of market where PEs matter here. Dividends matter because getting paid now is worth a lot more yep. money. Now, the FedEx dividend isn't huge, only 2.5%. But again, was this the kind of stock I would buy on a pullback? Yep. Yep, this is the kind of stock going to perform well. Seasonality, FedEx going into the Christmas season. Yep, it's not un, it's not you know like shocking that this has a sustained bid here as of late. That could it eventually fill that gap to two hundred bucks before the end of the year? It could. I don't mm-hmm. think it does that. That'd be a pretty big move. But you know, there's definitely justification for the recent move. 
Yeah, I've been looking at it for a while now. As long as it can hold, I think the pullbacks towards that kind of resistance around 175, we're still looking like it's just stair-stepping its way up. That's All right, getting out of uh, FedEx there. We got it. 9 a.m. there. You want to bounce, Joe, or do you want to do one more? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to hop here. Uh, yeah, I, it's just a slow leak here. And uh, as always, you know, I'll be keep whatever that low is at 930. I'll, I'll be keying on that. Uh, Dennis gave you the the daily low, right, at uh, 402.14. Now, I know we got lower that in the pre-market trading but what I can give you, and it will line up with the spoo, about another 18 handles lower. And Dennis actually said 17. Uh, 402.750. That was the Big inner day number. low. That, that to me, is the not. If I'm playing so it too. from the short side, I'm not holding out for Friday's low at 0675. I'm looking at that daily low uh, and get back. And then, you know, right now, um, you know, unchanged is looking pretty good. That would take a 30 handle rally, but, uh, what a great uninterrupted show today, folks. That was fun. Uh, triple D, uh, check in with you at the top of the hour and, uh, money, Mitch, I'll uh, check in with later on too. Everyone have a good day. Sounds good to me. There you guys, you guys can keep up of course with Joel Alconin on premarketprepplus.com or premarketprep.com with premarketprepplus. Got to get that right. Come on, Mitch. All right, let's go. We'll get into the market action. I hope that you guys appreciated us making a little bit of adjustment today. You guys saw it. No internet issues. Hit the like hey, button. Hey, look at that. Sure. We fixed it. Boom. We fixed it. Boom. Like always, sometimes you got to make a pivot. Long Comcast. We made a pivot. We went to my charts. You see? We, we adjusted, teams. Well, I hope that you guys appreciated the changes that we Good made. Job. Definitely smash the like up. Uh, that's what we're always here for. We're trying to create the best experience for you guys to get ready for your pre-market action. Like always, we can't make investment decisions, but like what we do every single day, we try to show you guys perspectives from both sides of the coin and what you guys should be looking at in the market. Looks like it's been the battle of value. Looks like it could continue. What are you looking at today towards the bell, Dennis? Buying Last comments. Depth, four, that 402, that number that Joel just gave you, the number that I gave you on the SPY, 402.14, that's the level that I'm looking at here. And I am looking at buying value stocks on dips. Definitely. We'll get you out of here. Dennis, go do what you do best, my friend. Get towards your trading action. All right. We get Dennis out of here. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up, get you guys over to Benzinga TV, where we'll have live trading, Benzinga Live. And of course, stock market movers don't go anywhere, team. We got a great week for you guys. And on the 7th, two days from now, we got our crypto event. I hope that you guys already have your tickets. But if by any means you're in New York City, want to catch it, get it now before it runs out. Money Mitch 20, the future of crypto. Let's get there. I'll see you guys on the 7th. New York City, it's going to be fun. <laughs>